Eric, here we are, Beyond the Pew. I don't even know what episode this is. We've been at it for a while. I think I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is episode seven. No, oh, I think it's eight. So you did know. I don't know. I think it's eight, though. But you, so I don't know. You, I don't know. You know or you don't know? I don't know. We're flipping things around a little bit today, though, because <laughs> normally you are the one reading I these questions. I have the power, but today I'm losing the power. Today I have all of the power. Yeah, I don't know how questions. I feel about that. By the way, if you have questions, you can submit those. What's that number, Eric? Six five three. Nope, it's three three zero three three one six four five three. You won't say it backwards. Three three zero three three one six four five three. No, no, backwards okay. now. Yeah, well, I could if I wanted to. I could. <laughs> three five four six one three three zero three three is wow. what would be backwards. Wow. So yep, but you don't want to do it backwards. All right, let me ask you uh, a couple of these questions here. Um. First one here, and uh, this is worded interestingly enough, what can I do to spice up my quiet time when it starts to feel stale? What wow, can I do to spice, spice it, up. it up? Like a little spice, bit of like uh, Goya in, in it or it, something? Uh, or, you know, some hot peppers, you know, your Italian. Well, if peppers, I'm understanding the question. Red pepper. I, I, red pepper. Yeah, go ahead. What, how do you spice your, your, your food? If I spice my food, yeah. oh, it depends on what I'm eating. Like if I'm want a little Tabasco sauce on some things, really. Or if I want some how do red you do pepper, your steak? I just I don't spice up. steak. You don't spice. Why up would steak? you spice up steak or fla- or, or flavor it? Do you flavor your steak or do you just cook it? Salt, as it is? pepper, salt, olive pepper. oil, some butter. Not butter. No butter. You you've no. If you go to a steakhouse, you're getting butter on your steak. No. You ask you, for it without butter. Well, I'm not asking, and I, I just get butter. it however they give it to me. But at my they house, they give it to you with butter. At my house, it will be uh, salt, pepper, and olive, uh, whatever that thing you just said. Olive oil. Yeah, I'm just telling you. If you go order steak from somewhere, they're gonna put. Yeah, it. but I'm not. I'm not that guy who's gonna go to the restaurant anyway. So the question is, spice how it do up. I spice up my quiet time <laughs> when it starts to feel stale? That's a very good it question. Is a good question. My, my assumption would be that the person that is asking the question maybe is finding themselves to get in repetitive. And so personally for me, I, I guess the way I will spice it up is that I will change things around. Like if I'm doing, like I tell you an, an example, last year I told myself that I was going to read through the Bible all year long. So I got this devotional or this reading plan that will walk me through the Bible all the, the whole year. And the way that it was designed, it was like I would read the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the title was kind of like connecting the Old Testament to the New Testament truth, right? But... Like in March, so three months in, it became very stale. And it felt more like a task. It felt, it felt more like I'm just sure. doing this to get it done, like to accomplish, to even say I read the Bible the, this whole year. Yeah. So what I did for me to kind of change this around was I just put that aside and went back to something that I have done in the past that has been very productive and effective for me. And so I did that, and it's kind of like, in a sense, spice up. And that I enjoy it. I was getting more things out of it. It didn't feel like a task. It felt like God was truly using this to speak to my life, to help me grow, push me, and challenge me. So for me, I guess a, a quick and easy solution is to change things around. Okay. That's what I was thinking. What about you? You like to spice things. So yeah, I, I think um, there's a couple of things. When it comes to quiet time, first, I think we can be guilty of thinking we have to fit a particular mold on how we yes. do it and what it looks like, right? Yes. And so we do get into routine and we do think it has to be a certain way where, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be and look the same way every time. But the other thing I like to do is sometimes I'll pick a passage of scripture or I'll pick a book of the Bible where I'll just say, you know what, um, because I've read this many times today, when I read this through, I'm going to take note of how many times this 
book or this letter that Paul wrote, for example, speaks about the love of God. Yeah. And I'm just going to make a note of it every time it talks about the love of God. Or No. I mean, I make a note. Um, I make a note (laughs) of it. Or if I'm going to read something in the Old Testament, um, because the Old Testament, we think about the attributes of God and God's portrayed a particular way in the Old Testament in people's minds. I'll try to look and say, okay, where do I see the grace of God on display as I read through, you know, the yeah. book of First Samuel, for example, or where do I see the promises of God on display, or where do I see, you know, God's forgiveness on display, the wrath of God on display, and so sometimes it's it's nice to change things up, especially if you're reading through a book of the Bible that you've read many times, yeah. is to approach it with the thought in mind of what specifically are you going to take note of as you yeah. read through the text, and and it's interesting because some things that you might not otherwise see, or hey, I'm going to start taking note of how many words are repeated over and over again because there's a reason yeah. that the word you know um, you know forgiveness is repeated over yeah. and over again in this passage, and so that's another way. Yeah, um, you mentioned journaling. Um, you know, sometimes that's what it would be is, hey, asking God, you know, just show me something today in this yeah. passage that I've not seen before, that I can take note yeah. of and be challenged by. But I think what, what you said is accurate. It's okay to go, like, to different resources yeah. that we use when we go to our quiet time. Obviously, we want to be in the Word. Right. But maybe it means going to the New Testament versus the Old Testament or Old Testament versus New if you're kind of stuck in one particular yeah. area. And, and just get into the Word. But yeah, I think that's the big thing is people can and, get into a rut. And I think that it's important for us to understand that we don't do our quiet time for, for to check a list, to check, hey, I've done yes. it. Like the per, the idea and, and, and the goal behind a quiet time is to read the Word of God and allow the Word of God to tr- change your life, transform your life, to yeah. impact you in ways that we need to be impacted, right? So our desire should be for that reason. Yeah. And so... Um, I think back at a time that something that I was, when I was doing a quiet time that I knew that it was like a theme, you can hint like the attributes of God, right? Like what I would do too, to kind of spice things up is that I would play worship songs that will hit, that will kind of like hit on those attributes of God. And I will like meditate on those songs to get me in the right heart. And then I will dive into the word and then allow the word to kind of look, do its thing. Um, are you looking something up? Yeah, I was thinking um, it was Job um, that speaks of this in Job 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought this was really a passage that is a good thought of what is our desire for God's word like. Um, Job is, you know, obviously going through all that he was going through in the book of Job and the struggles that he was facing with all of the tragedy that struck. But he says this he said, I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Um, And and that's kind of like really challenging, Mm -hmm. right? He says, I haven't departed from God's commands, Mm -hmm. the commands from his lips. I have treasured the words or his word more than another translation says than my necessary food. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting that Job, who was a man, the Bible shows that God would describe Job as a perfect and an upright man. Yeah. Fears God, hates evil. When he speaks about his desire for the word of God, he says, I desire his word more than my f- food that I have to eat to mm-hmm. live. Um, and yeah, so that's, right. that's that's pretty incredible. That's stuff right there. Imagine, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So remarkable. when we think about spicing up our, our you know, quiet, quiet time, time, I get what the question is. But, you know, we, we also should have such a love and hunger for God's word that 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 should be the desire we have. And so there's a lot there to, to yeah. take in, right? And so yeah. it, it might mean... Studying a passage you haven't previously studied, 
using, yeah. using some mater- study materials that help us to better understand a passage that we've always wondered about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, looking up some of the hard passages that we've always wondered, how do I go about interpreting that? And then taking some study materials and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend the time yeah. necessary to figure this out. Yeah. There's a lot of ways that can do yeah. that, though. And recognize that there's, not, there's nothing wrong with changing things, like yeah. change the time you're doing it, change the format, change the the... the while you're studying, like just change things around and sure. see what works. You know, you want to keep it things livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Um, so here's a question. <laughs> um, I'm going to skip this one, but uh, do either <laughs> of you spend time on Twitter? Do you spend time on Twitter? Why or why not? Are you? Uh, no, I personally don't spend much time on Twitter. Okay. I have a Twitter account, but it's like I genuinely just have it to stalk. Like I just go there to see <laughs> to what's going on. Yeah, yeah, like like what's yeah. like if I'm because the way Twitter works, at least what I find now is you can even go see like a like a pastor or someone like their Twitter account unless you create an account. Uh, at least my uh, maybe it's just my phone, so I create an account, but I have nothing on it. Now I know some pastors that they quote themselves and. Uh, and they <laughs> hear Marinada. Yes. Is that, are you one of those? No. 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 So, I, I mean, I, when yeah. I say stalking, I mean, like, just see what other people are yeah. doing, like, celebrity. I want to see what's trending. It's good to know what's trending just sure. so that you can know what to be prepared, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I spend time on Twitter. I don't tweet as much where I'm constructing tweets. But you do tweet? But I do. But really? not often. But I, I spend time really? on Twitter. What, what is your most uh, uh, famous tweet? I don't, I'm sure it was something about the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen being like the best quarterback. So nothing Bible, no Bible. No, no I've tweeted. I've tweeted Bible verses. What is the most things. biblical thing you ever tweeted? Most biblical, probably Bible passages because those are biblical. Okay, so that would be the most. But, biblical then after thing. that, well, like something that you say, what is the most favorite quote that you have ever? I said? I don't keep track of my own quotes. I don't. You don't? No, I don't do that. Does Twitter? Twitter, it's always there. You can look up my Twitter account. You can read it. It's, it's, what is it's your there. Twitter handler? Um, I think it's at Bruce Rosa. Oh, yeah. So, but back to the question of why do I spend time on Twitter? (laughs) What I found very interesting years ago, um, and I believe it was um, maybe Derek Jeter, when Derek Jeter retired. Do you remember when he retired? How many years ago that was? Was that? 2008, 2009 or something like that. So it's been a while, you know, a dozen years or so. Don't quote me though. 12, 15 years ago. But anyhow, when he retired, I believe it was Derek Jeter that when he retired, he put his retirement announcement on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way he announced to the world yeah. that he was going to retire. And I believe it was Derek Jeter. I might be wrong on it, but I think it was him. But it was a major like sports star. And presidential candidates, when they're announcing they're running yeah. for the presidency, they're using Twitter, Twitter. or they're yeah. using social media. Um, and so I started recognizing like major yeah. announcements, major news breaking things, major like deals are happening on social media now where that's where people are introducing what's going on. And so mm-hmm. I thought I, I want to be kept up to speed yeah. on major things that yeah. are happening politically, that are happening in our nation, around the world, news events, sporting yeah. events. So I'm on Twitter and I follow a ton of, of people on Twitter as far as in the evangelical community and people that are talking about like, you know, what's going on in the evangelical community. And so I more so use it for information. Who's your favorite follower? Like on Twitter, a, yeah, I can't really say that on on the podcast, really, because I don't want to endorse the person. Because no, but, I mean, nah, nope, not doing it. Really, but, but uh, as far as as far as <laughs> accounts on Twitter, there's a lot of great I'm accounts. There's a lot of great accounts is. on Twitter, but but now, um, if someone submits a question asking you to what who is that person, you have to answer. That's the rule. Nope, I so. won't. 
I won't answer it. That's the rule. I we said we're going to answer endorse, every question. I won't endorse. Well, you don't have to endorse following him. someone that, that or her. Some people might not want followed. I, for me, I, I became more active on Twitter when the the events of Ukraine started happening. Oh, so like I, really recently? Yeah, like, like okay. I, I saw people like all the news or videos that were ha going around were from Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and so I was trying to watch them, but I couldn't. So that's when I was like, all right, all yeah. I guess I'll create an account. What's your handle for Twitter? I, I honestly don't even know. And you just created Eric, it. Well, Eric Gill, I'm assuming something okay. else. Okay. Eric Gill 13, maybe. I so this is a good question that was submitted about Twitter, but I guess social media in general, there's a lot of viewpoints even about interaction on social media because people waste a lot of time. Yeah. And it can be all consuming. And there's some things on there that are questionable that you shouldn't really be looking at. Mm -hmm. And yet, I would say the same thing with Twitter as all social media. It can also be used in a very positive way for yeah. furtherance of the gospel, for communication. Mm -hmm. You know, we communicate with people in our church through social media quite a yeah. bit. And we get a lot of submissions from people on social media. And so there's good and bad that can come from that. For so, sure. But for sure. yeah, short answer, we both use Twitter. Yeah. Just we're not always tweeting everything. Yeah. We're, not, we're not putting quotes of, of, of ourselves. We, of ourselves. It's good. We do, know, we do know somebody, though. Yes. Very close to us. Um, so here's a good question. What would you say to people that describe God as cruel in the Old Testament? What would, I what say? would you say to people who describe God as cruel in the Old Testament? I mean, I guess that if someone says that to me without any, like, let's say this individual has no background, no information... Yep of why God does the things that he does and why things happen the way that it happened, I can see where they will be coming from that in the sense of like, it looks, it can, the things that we, we have record in the Old Testament seem as cruel when you yeah. don't have context and background. Sure. But that being said, I would put, I will bring back to the fact of what he has done. It's who he is, what he has done, and the things that seem cruel, they seem cruel because they are the result of our own wrongdoing, Right. Like, we live in a society, especially now more than ever, where we don't like punishment. We don't like people to give account for their mistakes, for things sure. that they do. So when you go on the Old Testament, for example, and you see how it says that, like, I, I, I'm thinking it's in the book of First Judge, I think it is, um, where it's over and over it says that the people of God revealed, rebel against God, and that, but God was still faithful. Yeah. And then he goes and saying, and the people of God did what was wrong before God, but God was still faithful. Sure. And so I will point that person to that, to the recognition that, listen, like what you're describing to be God being cruel, I wouldn't describe it as cruelty. I would describe it as God, uh, as a just God, given the right just judgment for the mistake. Sure. And then the flip side of those things will be that look how gracious and merciful he is in that he despise of our wrongdoing, despise of what we do, he still cares for him. I mean, I will go back to the fact of the gospel. There's not sure. a great example of, uh, or, or, or a better um, way to turn down that description of uh, being, uh, what's the word he used? Cruel. Right now it's in the New Testament. But the fact that God did something for us that we were not deserving, we didn't deserve his love. The fact that he shows his mercy through his son Jesus is a more than enough example of how merciful he is. Sure. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that our punishment of hell is cruelty. It is more it's the right punishment that we deserve. Sure. But how grateful and loving he is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because people want to separate the God of the Old Testament from the God of the New Testament a lot of times. Yeah. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So there's the theological the theological term immutability of God, that God is unchanging, right? So the same God that is the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New. But to your point, New Testament people see Jesus and they're like, Oh, I love the God of the New Testament. Yeah, Grace, mercy, etc. Yeah. The Old Testament God, though, no, thank you. He's a God of wrath, he's a God of vengeance, he's a God of anger, he's a God that is exercising judgment on on people for their sin. Here's what I found interesting though, and I read this in Jonah chapter four a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, Jonah was a prophet of God in the Old Testament, right? So he was a person that was bringing forth the word of God, preaching. And if you know the story of Jonah, if you read the book of Jonah, I encourage people to do that. Jonah had the word of the Lord come to him, and he was supposed to go to a city called Nineveh to preach against it because God's judgment was coming on the city. Mm -hmm. And Jonah was called to preach for them to repent and turn from their sin because God was going to destroy them. And again, this is the God of the Old Testament. Jonah, as a prophet of God, would have known God more intimately than the people of Nineveh, obviously. For sure, right? yeah. So Jonah flees. He goes the other way. He says, I'm out of here. He's like, nope, I'm not going. I, I'm out. I'm not going. These were enemies of Israel. Jonah's not going to them. God eventually gets a hold of Jonah, you know, gets swallowed by a large fish, spit up on land. A whale? This time, large fish. This time, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah's like, okay, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah again. Go. So Jonah goes. Yeah. He preaches in the city about the coming judgment of God. All the people of the city, from the greatest to the least, get on their, they repent of their sin. And God, God, you know, withholds the judgment that was going to come on the city. So after God's withholding this judgment, here's Jonah, uh, Jonah chapter 4, and this is what Jonah says. O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. He says, God, this is why I didn't go and preach. I went the other way. And listen to what (laughs) Jonah says. I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love Mm -hmm. and relenting from disaster. So the God of the Old Testament that Jonah, a prophet of God, knew, who was going to bring judgment on these people for their sin, Jonah says of the Lord. Now again, Jonah doesn't have the New Testament scriptures yet. Jonah doesn't have the gospel of Jesus Christ as written in the gospels and all this other stuff. Jonah just knows the God of the Old Testament, and this is what he says to the God of the Old Testament. You are gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Yeah, for sure. So is that not the same exact way we would describe God after reading the New Testament, Mm -hmm. that our God is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love? Yeah. But that's the same God of the Old Testament. Like, God hasn't changed. Yeah. But I think sometimes we tend to focus so much on the judgment of God, because the judgment of God was seen throughout the Old Testament scriptures. The judgment of God is coming on those that would reject Christ and that, that are lost and do not know Christ as Savior. But let's not miss the reality that we're not talking about two different gods here. Yeah, right? it's the same God. Unchanging. Same yeah. yesterday, today, forever. And so Jonah is a great example of that. If you've never read that, read the book of Jonah. But I thought, what a magnificent way. Yeah. And that's the way the prophet of God in the Old Testament described the yeah, God that we serve. Yeah, for sure. So, which the, is great. Yeah, and the book of Judges, if you, if you start reading like chapter 3, for example, verse 7, it says, And the people of the Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the... I'm not going to say that word. It's another God, right? So I can pronounce it. That's why. Uh, And so in a few verses later after that, after he makes that statement, here's what we get. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord didn't hear what they say. 
right? That's what most people think that it will say. Sure. And that's why they will say, oh, God is in the Old Testament. It's a cruel God. Look, these people are crying out for himself. He's not paying attention. We're like, that's what we think that God is in the Old Testament. But in fact, what it says, but when the people of Israel, the same people that just did what was against him, the same people that ignore what he said, the same people that just went and worship a different God, it says, they cry out to the Lord and the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel who saved them. Otaniel, the son of, and then he goes on to talk about this permanently. But we don't see that. This is in the Old Testament, but we want to ignore that. We just want to reckon, we just want to point or look more at those things where God is cruel, opposed to, look, like the nation of Israel did what was wrong against God. Over and over. God could have (laughs) simply just been like, all right, then see ya, right? Instead, when they cry out and ask for mercy, he sends them a delivery and saves them. Yeah. And I think the thing that's important, we want to emphasize again, Old Testament, New Testament, same God. But we also don't want to try to sugarcoat the Old Testament in the sense that God did allow and, and mandate for a global flood to destroy he did, every yeah. living creature on the earth except for those, you know, the fish and the, the animals in the ark and Noah and his family. So the judgment of God is seen. Like the yeah. wrath of God is seen. When you think about the plagues in Egypt, when you think about the wiping out of entire, you know, the Amalekite people who sinned against God by, by going after Israel and when, when Samuel went to Saul saying, wipe them all out. Yeah. The judgment of God is seen and on display in the Old Testament, but that is just in righteous judgment. Yeah. Right? So our God is a righteous and, and holy God yeah. who is going to exercise judgment on sin and on the sinner. And so that is seen in the Old Testament, but my point is that's also seen in the New Testament. Correct. Um, you Revelation. Know, it's chilling, chilling words in Revelation 20 when yeah. John, in his vision, he records you know, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, anyone's name not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast into the lake of fire. Yeah. So the the same We're God the is gnashing is of teeth. Yeah, I mean weeping, gnashing of teeth. There's there's the yeah. same judgment of God that is seen against sin and, and and unrighteousness. God's consistent, but the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, mm-hmm. again as you mentioned through the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ, is that forgiveness is offered through faith in Christ. Yeah. Through Christ alone, right? And so that's where the grace of God is on display. But again, you see that grace on display in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Yeah, so sure. it's a good question. Sure. Yeah, great question. Very good. That was pretty deep and heavy. Um, so let's let's do something Hashem, light Hashem here. Um, something light here. What are your thoughts on the outcome of the NBA Finals? We touched on this earlier. My prediction was wrong. I'll, I'll yeah. own up to that. I said I thought the Celtics would win in Game 7. They Warriors, won in Game 6. Warriors won in Game 6. But yeah. what were your thoughts on that? I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. You know, I was hoping that the Celtics would win. I, I share my reasons. Uh I can't, I mean, I don't, I'm not an expert in the NBA. Yeah. But I, it seems that that guy, I can't remember, Green, right? Was it? <laughs> I don't know his name. That guy, Green. Yeah. Draymond Green. Yeah. They nailed it. He, uh, he's, he got away with a lot of fouls. Yeah, there's and, some pretty intense fouls. And like running his mouth and things yeah. like that, which I don't know why, but it just seems that like it was a little bit partial. I'm not trying to be a, yeah. a, a, a was that hater? What? Yeah, no, I'm not a hater. A controversy. Controversy. Oh, stir up controversy. Yeah, yeah. nailed it. But uh, I think that there's something there. Yeah. So. Okay. What yeah, about, I was disappointed. Yeah. Obviously, I, I was pulling for the Celtics to win. I know. Here's the thing, though. Let's just translate this over for a minute because I do feel like this is something that we could be challenged with with a spiritual application as well. well oh, from that, the NBA yeah, to the from Bible. The, from the NBA Finals. 
so the Warriors won. Props to them. I mean, that was great. They played played great. I don't I don't think that as many people were as confident in the Warriors as they had been in the past when they yeah. had Kevin Kevin uh, Durant as well. But here's the thing that struck me: when they won, they had a parade, right? And they show all the players, and the players are just like getting hammered, like They're drinking, sh- just getting hammered drinking. And everything's on fun, display. Man. It's in public. It's on display, and they're doing things that they otherwise wouldn't do. And I saw one video of two of the players, and I won't mention who, and they're just like flicking off the audience, like in a fun way. Like, but I'm looking at thinking, like, you know, it is a good reminder that like when things are at the absolute height, the best, that we are in control of our of our actions, of our words, because those are the things people remember, right? Yeah. And so it's a good challenge. I, I was thinking about this because I saw a video yesterday where two of their players were, were and was out of character for them to be to be doing that. Yeah. But they looked like they were probably heavily yeah. intoxicated and they're in a public eye and they were doing things and acting in a way that I was like, man, if they were fully in control of their thoughts and yeah. what they're doing, they wouldn't be doing that. Or and, maybe they would. You know, maybe they would. They typically wouldn't. Yeah. You know, but I just thought it's a great reminder. Like, you but there's know. a flip side of that because you got that player from the Buffalo Bills when you guys lost to Mahomes, and they were celebrating how he stay outside and watching. And, yes. And how that yes. went by in a good like, way. The, in a good way. Like yeah. it just the yes the the flip side of that yeah. too. Like even at your lowest, you will say yes. Uh, you had Stephon a chance Diggs. to you had a chance to go to yeah. the Super Bowl. You butcher it. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say they butchered it. Yeah, I mean they lost. They so butchered, they, they I wouldn't lost. say they butchered it. All right, but anyhow, so but it's a good challenge. It even is. when you're at the height mm-hmm. of of success, don't forget, right? And I think that's even something instruction in the Old Testament the Lord gave to the nation of Israel. Like when your barns are full, when when you have more than enough, don't forget me. Don't forget the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And and who it is that allows that success. But um, mm-hmm. it was just interesting to me when I thought about the NBA Finals and and what was on display there. So. Um, Hit me with one one final question. Yeah. Um, Make it go back to that one that you skipped. The one, the one that I skipped. Yeah, the one you were like, I, I, I'm gonna skip this one. Well, the question was what she was Bruce wearing this week. Oh, but the, the question. <laughs> Why you put your feet I down? Think, I think the bigger question is what what shoe are you wearing this week? Because you had a birthday. I had a birthday, and, and you yeah. you got you got a new pair of shoes. I There's got nothing a new wrong pair. with a new yeah, pair of shoes. No, it's nothing wrong. Which, by the way, like if I have a new pair of shoes, it's most likely because someone gave it to me as a gift. Really? Yes. Oh, good for you, man. Gift for, but, but uh, to answer your question, you're you're wearing yeah, it red. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Matter. It doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters. Okay, I mean, just just so many in the videos. Just so many uh, there. Yeah, there. You know, He's been propping his leg up yeah, so that you can see true. it. It's not true. So it's not just, true. Just so many. Uh, <laughs> I guess the question would be, Eric, is you know, for you personally, I'm just curious about this because I asked you the question about are you an expert? You said you're not an expert with the NBA Finals. What what would you be an expert in? Truly nothing. Nothing. Okay. I was just curious. You said you're not a, an expert. I just was No, I mean, I'm not an expert anything, but that doesn't mean that I'm not knowledgeable. Okay. There's a difference. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Very good. So um, we have some more questions we're going to get to, but we're going to get to the next episode. The next so episode. We're not, we don't want to overwhelm as yeah. far as with time here. So but have, if they have more questions, they'll... Yeah, more questions, they can submit them. 330-344-6453. Nice. Um, <laughs> 331 <laughs> Six four five three. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> it's it's actually yeah. on the paper. I didn't read it. Three three zero three three one six four five three. I shot that out there real quick as though it was completely accurate. I know. Very confident, <laughs> and it just was not. But here's what we're gonna Listen, do, though. We want to leave you guys with a very important question yes, that we've been asking every single episode, 
What is your life looking like in Beyond the Pew? Yeah, what is your life like Beyond the Pew? It's an important question. Important question. And uh, we hope that it's for honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll be back next week, next we'll Friday. We'll be back. We'll see you. We'll see you then. New pair of shoes.